The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Sorry. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Sorry. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who on this town tonight. Hey, welcome into the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We are live in studio. Demery Lachey in the place to be. On the lines, calling in. Haven't heard from my man's in a while, but he's back on the show. Mr. Dougie B, what's going on, Doug? Hey, man, what's going on? It's good to be back. Uh, no, not in the studio, but... Of course. Uh, yeah, man, been out of out of the state for a little bit and running around in Colorado. I'll tell you what, man, Colorado is beautiful. I bet. Yeah, I've heard so oh. many great things about it, and I still haven't made my way, but that is my next go-to trip after I take a trip to Indiana. And Illinois, but uh, yeah, I heard so much great things about the city of Denver, the state of Colorado. Period. Yeah, we were just outside Denver, up in Vail, um, around that area, and I mean, just green. The temperature was just perfect. Didn't, didn't get too cold at night, but felt uh, it was hard to come home. Let's put it that way, man. But it was a good road trip. I uh, drove back from from uh, Vail with the the older kids, so I had four of the kids in the uh, in the bourbon with me and. We just rolled, man, made some stops. You got out in the uh, Colorado River, you know, played in the river for a little bit, and uh, went by, saw uh, Grand Junction, Colorado, one of the places, you know, the fields I played ball at, showed the kids at because they weren't there in my college years. So relived some of the memories with the kids, and it was a good time, man. So but it's good to be back, back in the swing of things and talking sports, man. I've missed it. Yeah, absolutely. 888-346-9144 is the number to call in and join us on the show. Anytime. Today is Thursday, man. We took a day off yesterday, having been on break, um, just getting back into it. A lot of sports, you know, to be talked about, to be uh, rounded out about. There's no particular rants I have except for, you know, your typical, I don't know, uh, Monday through Friday rush hour traffic. And also, you know, people just, I can't, I, I just don't understand people in the passing lane going about 20, 30 miles per hour on the freeway. I, I can't stand it. Uh, you yeah. know, stay in your own lane. Get get out the way. If you're not ready to pass anyone, or if you're just you know taking a Sunday cruise, I enjoy. It. I, I I respect it because I take my Sunday cruises as well. But I respect the lanes. I respect you know people trying to get somewhere on time. Um, it, it just makes life so much easier to just take the middle two lanes or even the one all the way on the right. Just cruise if you want to cruise. Just jump in that lane. There's no problem. Everyone else is cruising in that lane. Why not? Follow the yeah, rules. And exactly. I mean, you know, it reminds me, I'm driving in the HOV lane. For, for people that don't know, the HOV lane is typically restricted for a couple hours in the morning, a couple hours at night. Other than that, it becomes the farthest left-hand lane or the fast lane. And it just bugs me, man. If I'm in the, the HOV lane, but it's like I don't know, noon, 1 o'clock in the afternoon where the restrictions are lifted, and you've got a car full of people going... 50 miles an hour, everybody else is passing. It's like, get your get your butt over there and get out of my way and let me go. Right. Oh. Uh, I can't see. Or even if you're traveling the HOV lane during the hours it's meant to travel, and you're going slower than the other lane next to you. 
Yeah, I, I just can't stand it. It's only in the state of Arizona where that actually happens. I think more signs should be posted up. Like, hey, if you're in this lane, speed up or go past me. I should not be over here cruising. Let me get over to the other lanes. That should be like just one sign every two miles. I don't care. I don't know how how it would how long it will take, but it, it just something needs to be said in stone. Like it's annoying. It, it gets on my nerve. But uh, it, the state of Arizona is the only place that this happens where I've, that I've been driving in, and where you have issues where people are going so slow. I'm not saying speeding is the way to go. I'm just saying to go a comfortable speed. I mean, like. You know, to stay in your speed and limit. Right. Yeah. Put, if the lane to the right is driving faster than you are, then you need to get farther over. Exactly. Thank you. That's uh, a perfect rule right there. If you see cars passing you on the right, get on over. Well, yesterday being the hump day, getting closer to the weekend. Hump day? The biggest, uh, I don't know, the, the, the most anticipated, I guess, uh, event that's going to happen is preseason football finally kicks off. With the Hall of Fame presentation, I, 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 I mean, I think NFL does a great job with presenting, you know, the past, the present, the future with the NFL Hall of Fame. Um, you know, that's first things first to kick off the official NFL season preseason where games are actually going to matter and be played. Yeah, they may not matter Finally. to the starters right now, but, you know, to, to the backup guys, the guys who are trying to make that 53-man roster, it matters. It, it starts now. And yep. Paying homage, you know, to the Hall of Famers day one, I, I, that's beautiful. NFL does a great job with that. And then you kick off with the game right after that with this uh, this year's who Steelers and the Minnesota Vikings. You get to see AP yeah. finally back, you know, full pads, see how many reps he's going to get. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Big Ben, Antonio Brown, quote-unquote, pound-for-pound, the best receiver in the game. You get to see that combination. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is probably going to play even though he's suspended his suspension got lifted uh, from three games to two, but you will see him get on the field as well. Uh, it, it'll be fun, you know, to see finally football going back at it, even though it's a preseason standpoint. Everyone's going to be watching, period. Yep. You know, and the thing I've noticed, though, the Hall of Fame, that Hall of Fame game is truly the first preseason football game. Right. And it's so quick. I mean, we just opened up camp, and we already had a game. And I've noticed that a lot of the starters – don't even really play. They might even play maybe a snap or two, and then they're out. You know, it's yeah. really more the Hall of Fame game. More is for, like you were talking about, those second, third, fourth-string guys trying to make that 53-man roster and really show something. So it's it's hyped up, but then at the same time, you don't even really see the starters in the game. You know, so it's just good. To, I, I, and I don't care about the starters. This is good. I'm glad football's back. It feels good. I'm happy again. I mean, we got college football starting in less than a month. NFL's training camp now is just it's is a good time. I love August, man. Yeah, football season is officially back, and with like paying homage to you know the ceremonies this weekend because uh, I know Kwame's out there representing his friend, a uh, great friend of his, Tim Brown, who's being elected into the Hall of Fame, um, being inducted inducted to the Hall of Fame this weekend, yeah. and. Uh, with him being a former Oakland, Ra- Oakland Raider uh, for all his career, I mean, that's what he's known for. Uh, not wins, but just dominating that receiver position. And, yeah. uh, you know, Kwame's going there to pay homage. I mean, he's out there right now in Canton as we speak. Uh, it- it's just a great way to kick off. You know, he had Junior Seau going in, Bill Polian, who I'm a huge fan of, um, definitely changed the whole Colts organization around and other organizations as well on his way to his Hall of Fame um, inductee. 
and also you know Will Shields, uh, Minnesota Vikings, their coaches. It's 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 a huge deal. It's a great way to you know to just jump into everything, and also yeah. you know with the game itself, you finally like you talked about Doug. Um, to your point, you see these younger guys, you know, trying to make that 53-man roster. You see some of your favorite guys who you never heard of who had, you know, pretty good stats in college, maybe from a smaller university, you know, gets a chance to make a big name on the on, on the scene. You get to see, pick yep. out, you know, who's the real ballers, you know, who who really is going to make that right, who's really standing out that you've never heard of. That's the most fun part about the preseason is guys you become a fan of who you never, you know, even ex- expected. Um and then oh, yeah. you got guys who, with high expectations, you know, who linger, who, who gets thrown into the shadows, who's not really ready for that real-time professional football. And, you know, you're going to see that jump out as well. So uh, to, to this standpoint, is there anyone you're excited to see with this day one uh, preseason game coming off of the Hall of Fame um, Canton, Ohio? Who do you see? Who are you a fan of that you're ready to see, you know, how they're going to respond and play back with the Steelers and the Vikings coming up? You know, as far as rookies go, there's no one really in particular I'm looking at. Uh-huh. I want to see if AP plays just because of the fact. He will. He will. Suspension. Just kind of, and I don't want to say the hype around him, but just the fact that with everything that's gone on, he's finally back in pads, he's going to come out, and with the time off, really see, can AP jump right back into where he let off? Or is it going to actually take some time throughout the season to get some of that rust off? And that's really what I'm looking at in this game is how is he going to come out from the get-go? Is he just going to be the old AP? Right. Or is there a lot of rust that he's got to come off? Because when we play football, you take a little bit of time off. It's just human nature. It takes a little bit to get Once you put those pads back on, kind of get used to the shock of any hit, especially at a running back position. I mean, you're getting 300-pound guys coming at you and you know laying the wood on you. So... There's that initial shock factor if you haven't had the pads on for a while, you know, as well, and especially in a game-top situation because practice is always a little bit different, especially NFL practices. are They're a lot more low-key. You're not trying to go out there and hurt your other guy. Um, so that's my mo- kind of main focus on, on this game is, is AP more than really any rookies or anything of that nature. Yeah, I, I want to see the um, – I, I agree with you. You know, AP – you know, knocking off that dust, the rust that he's going to bring into day one. I don't expect this guy to have his first carry for a touchdown. Uh, just to knock the rust off, it's going to be great to see him back in the NFL, period. Uh, right. Yeah, so just to see him competing, especially with Teddy Bridgewater, seeing their flow, what they put through a camp so far. I mean, it's it's only been what, about a week and a half that these guys have been together. Uh, so, you know, you're not going to see 30-point game. Um, I think the Steelers may do so because they have a lot of, you know, returning vets. But Minnesota, you know, they're going to make a lot of noise in the AFC North this season competing, you know, against Green Bay. Are they ready for Green Bay, Detroit? And then can they still hold up with Chicago? Because, you know, the Bears are are a whole new team as well. They're getting rid of Brandon Marshall. So who sees, you know, the development of Kevin White coming in as a rookie? Um, But back to the Vikings, I want to see, you know, what Charles Johnson is going to look like because he was a standout guy, you know, who we never heard of last season and was a fantasy you know, he just killed fantasy football owners if you did not have this guy on your team. If you had him, you right. know, you snuck a good one in there. I get to see uh, Mike Wallace come from, you know, Miami. Does he still have that impact in which he was in Pittsburgh before as a, you know, primetime receiver? And then you got a younger guy, Cordell Patterson. Can he, you know, can he get back from the rust 
uh, terrible sophomore year that he came from. And then the rookie, Stephon Diggs, I want to see the, this whole receiving core. That's what I want to take a look yeah. at. The defense, I think they're ready. They're setting tone for Minnesota. Um, and like that, like I said before, man, the Steelers, they're just, they're just great football teams. They're, are, you know, in the way of, you know, making a way towards the Super Bowl run this season. They have a lot, you know, to live up to the standpoint if that defense can hold up. Because you got a guy like Ryan Clark who retired, you know, who's not with the Steelers anymore. You know, who's going to step up in that safety position? Troy Palomalo's gone as well. So, you know, it would be pretty interesting to see, you know, who they're going to go with in that young uh, safety position for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know. You got some questions, man. Exactly. Now we got a minute before break. Uh, actually, yeah, already. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break. Honestly, coming up, but coming up after the break, you know, we're gonna discuss. You know, I know you talked about college football coming up. Their camps, you know, ready to jump off. Actually, some camps have started now. Uh, also, you know, we're gonna take a look at you know dynasties. Where do dynasties begin? Where do they end? Uh, we're gonna talk about that coming up after the break. You listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show, and we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hi, this is Jake the Snake Plumber. You're listening to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk with Demery Lachey and Doug Bremer. They're legit. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Hi, this is Larry Sinners. You're on Sports Talk, Kwame Lasseter, with Demi Lachey and Doug Bramer. These guys know sports. Eight 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 three four six nine one four four is the number to call in. Join us on the show. Demi Lachey is here in studio with one and only Dougie B. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. It is Thursday. We're getting after the first segment went by pretty fast, and here comes the second one at you. 
Now, Doug, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, dynasties and, you know, where they begin, especially like in NFL. I mean, just think the greatest dynasties you've seen put together, whether it's in, in, in any sport, NBA, uh, NFL, baseball, MLB, college. Think about the greatest dynasties that you've seen that you come across. And, okay. you know, and particularly you're talking about the NFL, the latest dynasty that's been, you know, talked about is, of course, the New England Patriots. And who's flirting around with it is the Seattle Seahawks. They're flirting around with dynasties. They have a chance to make three, what is it, back-to-back-to-back Super Bowl runs. Um, that's like LeBron James status. LeBron James is a walking dynasty himself. So when you think about the Seahawks and how short, how, how slim they came up with winning, having two back-to-back Super Bowls, you think about the, the team that they put together. Now, when I think of a dynasty, the first thing that comes to mind is, is depth, how deep the roster is, how guys can get injured, and you have their backup guy coming in to replace, and nothing misses a beat. That's when I think of when you think of the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, besides the running back position, I mean, but that's very slim because Robert Turbin, I think he could start for a lot of NFL teams right now. But when Marshawn Lynch is in your backfield and he, you know, comes off the field, that takes that makes the opposing defense feels a little bit better. Um, but now you got a guy like Jimmy Graham coming in, so you have your superstar players in certain positions. But the one thing that tears up a dynasty, where you see dynasties really fall apart, whether it's the NBA and the Chicago Bulls in the 90s, Dallas Cowboys in the 90s, uh, the Patriots in 2000s, is the money issue. Once money gets involved, that tears up the dynasty. Not only, yeah, some of the guys that you know stand out are going to get paid, in which they should because they're standing out on great teams. But the guys who you know don't get a lot of media attention, the guys who, you know, Began not to, you know, just be forgotten. Is that middle piece? And the reason I'm saying this is because Michael Bennett, uh, you know, guy who came in undrafted free agent, guy's been competing with the Seattle Seahawks. A huge, you know, reason why they're at where they're at. And you know, the, the middle linebacker who runs the defense and Bobby Wagner got paid. Russell Wilson got paid. Richard Sherman got paid because he made a lot of talking noise and he's very well talking. And now you have other guys, you know, who want to get paid. Cam Chancellor. Um, I think Earl Thomas got paid as well. Uh, Cam Chancellor, who's holding out. You know, uh, Cliff Averill, you know, talked about how he wants to get paid. Bruce Irvin cried about how he needed to get paid. But you got that middle guy, you know, uh, the guys who, you know, don't get talked about a lot but have a huge impact on the game. It's the reason why Bobby Wagner makes a lot of tackles. It's because of that defensive front. It's the reason why Richard Sherman can play on one side of the field because the other corner is, you know, is very respected and doing his thing as well on that side of the field. And plus, you got some great safeties behind you. It's the reason why Russell Wilson gets to run around for a very long time and finds you know, some athletic receivers downfield because of that old line and what they do. But to keep that dynasty together, the whole money issue, everybody wants to get paid. I agree. Everybody should get paid. But you can't pay everybody, especially in a dynasty standpoint. You just cannot. Because that middle guy who does their job, doesn't worry about money, loves the game of football, is going to get screwed over because now they have to release this certain guy who was a huge impact, who's going to continue to play in the NFL. And I'm speaking of their defensive tackle. I can't think of the guy's name right now. But they released him just to pay Bobby Wagner. Now Bobby Wagner is going to have to trust another guy to step in as a defensive tackle 
Michael Bennett has to trust another guy on his side as a defensive tackle to hold up a run play to get into the backfield to cause a lot of havoc in the middle for a quarterback. And now you got to put trust into another guy. You're not used to that dynasty that you put together, that guy, your brother next to you. You know, you get a whole other face coming in. This is going to trendle down throughout the Seattle Seahawks roster. That's what happens when you get a lot of young guys undrafted with high talent, find a motivation, and now, you know, it's time to get paid. All these guys are not going to get paid. It's going to be sad to see this dynasty, potential dynasty, break up because of the money issue. But that's just like how the Bulls were. You know, Pippen wanted to get paid. After Jordan left, you know, the other guys wanted to get paid. They move on. You know, the Patriots, you know, everybody can't stay around. They want to move on with life. That's what happens, you know, with dynasties. Guys want to get paid. The Lakers, you know, Shaq wanted to move on. You can't blame the guy. Yeah. No, I mean, and I think you hit it right on, especially when we talk dynasty, to me, dynasty, I'm not looking at one or two years. I'm looking five plus years okay. of championship runs in in your particular sport because we're talking about sports dynasties. Um, so, but I also look at the fact of is it one player, two players, or is it a team? You know, because that's what mm-hmm. I like to see is a team dynasty. And what I'm mm-hmm. talking about is you look at the Cowboys of the 90s. You had Emmett Smith, you had Troy Aikman, you had Michael Irvin. You had a lot of guys on that team that all contributed to the dynasty. Um, you know, you look at the Lakers back in the day with Kareem, you know, Jabbar and Michael, you know, all those guys. It was, I mean, with Magic, Kareem, all those guys, they created that dynasty for the team. And if you look at the teams back then, you know, say 90s and before, the dynasties, they weren't about money. The only reason they right. ended that dynasty run was because the guys retired, they got old, stuff like that. It was just, it's a, it's a whole different game now than it was back then because everybody's about the money now and about the, you know, where can I go, where can I be seen, you know, it's a me type attitude on these teams, which hits your point for money and stuff like that, so... Lakers back in the day with Magic and all them, they stayed with the team for a while. They, exactly. You know, the Celtics, they had that team that was a true brotherhood, and they won championships year in and year out. Maybe missed one here or there, but they stayed together until they got old and they had to retire and they quit. Now it's you have two, three-year run. All right, well, hey, it's great. You know, we've got a championship, but I'm going to get paid. I'm going to bounce out to this team. When you could stay, you could have that championship run for another four or five years, but you have everybody breaking off to get paid more and stuff like that. So this day and age, I don't think you're going to see the longevity of a, an actual dynasty team. I think you're going to see a dynasty team, a two, three-year tops consecutive win team, and they'll disband and they'll have to rebuild again. Uh, I mean, look at the Patriots from the early 2000s with Brady and some of those guys that took it, you know, to the Super Bowl, you had Vinatieri kicking the game-winning field goal. Who from that team is really around besides Brady? No one. You know, it's just a different type of mentality and different type of era that we have now. And I think the dynasty era of, you know, five-plus years of a championship-strong team is just not going to be there anymore. You you might have the team that's competing, but the core group of guys, they're going to break off to their separate ways, and you'll have a couple guys left behind that was on that championship-run team, and 
it's just it's the day and age we live in with the money and the me attitude. Right. And you made a great point with, you know, Brady and, you know, who's still sticking around New England. I mean, their dynasty standpoint is a different way. Uh, it's all about Bill Belichick's system. And, you know, next man step up. But what I liked about Bill Belichick when guys started, you know, to stand out a little bit, you know, he told these guys, you know, you're not going to get paid here. So, you know, if you want to go get paid, you know, move on. If you don't, take the pay cuts. You know, shut your mouth and let's keep competing. Let's play football. Let's win championships. Because at the end of the day, a champion is going to be remembered more than the highest paid player. Guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially during that time and era. Because guess what? It's going to be another guy that's going to get paid even more. And that's just how it is in the game of sports. And you made great points, you know, back in the 80s, you know, the Lakers with Magic Johnson. They didn't care about money. They just wanted to play. They just wanted to play ball. They wanted to play all together. You know, they wanted to build a team, a, a dynasty in which you know it's built on, like you said, not just one or two years. It's three, four years down the road where you're still playing with the same guys. It's when a guy gets cut or released. It's like, man, that was my brother for the past three years. Like you went to college with him. It's like, man, yeah. he, he's gone. You know, where guys are like in tears of like, man, I've it's been my guy since day one, and. Nowadays, you know, one or two years, you know, you get judged for early dynasty, whatever. You, everyone's looking for that next dynasty in which I was predicting, you know, Seattle Seahawks being that. But, you know, you move guys like uh, the guy name was Tony McDaniel, and he's one of the best right. defensive tackles in the game. Yeah, his stats may not stand out, but he made a huge, he makes a huge impact for guys around him, for Richard Sherman to make plays, to make Earl Thomas, you know, have the – access to roam around the whole freaking secondary back there to get Bobby Wagner into, you know, those uh, lanes, those schemes who can break, you know, break those seams and make tackles in the backfield. His impact was huge, but it was never talked about. You know, the guy never rambled about, about money. He just wanted to play football. But that middle guy, those guys, those are the guys that you need in your dynasty to stick around. Those are the guys you need to, you know, keep humble and keep playing. And, you know, who's going to do the little things that you don't ask for. But now you got to find that within another guy. And if that guy doesn't work out, guess what you do? You keep, you know, you keep rambling, you keep rambling. You got to keep finding guys to the point it's like, oh, goodness, we messed up. And now Tony McDaniel, he's going to go somewhere. He's going to get paid. It's a lot of teams that need that defensive front with the attitude, especially coming from Seattle. I guarantee you he has an opening job in Atlanta already with their defensive coordinator taking over at the head coaching position there. So, you know, Tony McDaniel moves to Atlanta, it's it's obvious. You know, he's somewhere comfortable there where he knows and he could just start over and become a bigger name in Atlanta. Yeah. You know, and I don't even... Looking at NFL, even actually all the major pro sports, a true dynasty team where you have a four, five, six-year win of championships... I don't even think it's there anymore because so many teams are, in essence, even that you have a, a different championship. You might have, you know, say like New England wins two years in a row, but then you've got somebody coming up in, so now they have to come back in. You don't have that just consistent championship year after year team anymore throughout the board. I mean, I look at NFL, NBA. I mean, NBA, there's so many different teams you had. You know, look, Golden State just came out of nowhere this year, you know. Who knows if they'll be able to compete next year? We, at this point, we're going to say, "Oh yeah, they'll make the playoffs." But I mean, it's just so unpredictable right now. And even like with Seattle, I'm looking at that division. Seattle has a hard road ahead of them 
to try to even make it to the playoffs because you've got the Cardinals, who I think will actually be the division winner um, if everybody stays healthy, and that's a big if. But even like St. Louis, you know, looking kind of strong. San Fran, I think, just yeah, to me, guys, just leave that team this year and retire or move. Um, I think they'll be they'll be last in the division. But you got the Cardinals and the Rams knocking on your door. It's not it's not going to be an easy task. So I don't even think Seattle's really can be put up in that dynasty type talk right now. I mean, it's, I won't say talk because of course they can be in the talk, but I just don't see them being a dominant team with Cardinals and with St. Louis in that division right now, especially this year. Yeah, they do have the yeah. I agree. They have the most competitive. Uh, they have the most competitive division in football, but at the same time, Seattle has been the champion. Seattle has been right. that team. So at the end of the day, they have they still have the target on their back. Uh, yep. We got to take another break. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about you know exceptions, drafting exceptions, uh, especially now. Ohio State defensive end Joey Bosa has put his name into that exceptions list. And knucklehead, that's what happens, you know. So, we'll talk about you know, drafting exception. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We'll be right back after the break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Surfing is taking the world by storm. It's not just the sport itself, but the culture that surrounds it. From music to fashion, art and competition, Surf Talk Show is a place that will showcase it all. Your hosts are JJ and The Doctor, two surfing enthusiasts who have lived and traveled the lifestyle and culture. They'll bring you the knowledge and entertainment that'll keep you riding the wave. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. on the West Coast, 2 p.m. East Coast on Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. School to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. This is Jerome Buda Daniels. You're listening to Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk with Dan Marie Lachey and Doug Bremer. They know about this sports thing. Hey, welcome back into the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. 888-346-9144 is the number to call in. Join us at any time. Kwame Lasseter is enjoying Canton, Ohio, which is, thank God, it's, it's warm there for him. Uh, Demi Lachey is here in studio. Dougie B here on the line. Uh, we're, we're talking a little, little football, and now we're moving into the realms of college football. And the one deal, you know, I had a conversation with uh, one of my good friends the other day, and we were talking about, you know, guys on the fence guys who are exceptions and you know he he questioned me he was like hey if you were a gm and i'm like yeah 
you know, I think I, I think I am a walking GM. They just don't know about it yet. But he was like, if you're a GM and you're drafting a guy who's on the fence, you know, who you're thinking about, would you draft him? No. What do you mean about on the fence? On the fence, as in, I give you, I give you a, uh, I give you a clue. I give you a hint or a guy, example, Jameis Winston. Because on the fence can mean a couple different things. Jameis Winston, on the fence. That was a on-the-fence type of draft pick. Why? He played great football on the field. The guy went 26-1 on his career. Uh, around like 10 interceptions in two years. Multiple touchdowns. Uh, back-to-back, as you can say, uh, national championship runs, even though, he, or I'm sorry, he made the national playoffs, but still. Uh, dominated for the University of Florida or for Fuller State University, but then you look at the stuff that he did off the field. His immaturity standpoint: was he ready to take on, you know, the NFL media? Uh, you see the guys like Johnny Manziel who came in before him, won the Heisman at a young age, and you know, are those guys mature enough to handle not only the Heisman, but can they, you know, still regulate that to the NFL play on the field? That's an exception. That's a guy on the fence. Do we take this risk? on taking him the number one overall pick, in which they did because his talents paid out. 26-1 career, definitely paid out. Uh, you can, you know, look at the standpoint of, you know, hey, we can move on from, you know, what's in the past. I agree with that. What's in the past is in the past. The NFL starts a whole new phase. But it's just a simple fact that you have to take that second thought in drafting guys like that. Where you have a guy like Marcus Mariota, who has not thrown an interception in camp yet, who... Never, who doesn't have off the field troubles? Who is very competitive, very athletic? Had a great career himself. He threw, I think, like three interceptions last season, with over like forty touchdowns. Won the Heisman at a mature, what sophomore, redshirt junior? What was he a junior, redshirt junior? You know, won the Heisman. That is, you know, is a great exception. The one that you know you can take as a positive standpoint. Played in the national championship with the playoffs. So, you know, he kind of asked me that. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know if talent can overwhelm. I wouldn't take a guy just straight off talents. And I'm not saying James Winston is straight talent, but, you know, he, he has matured over stuff. Some of his immaturity aspects was, yeah, because he's young, he's silly. Now, I mean, that whole, you know, uh, court issue off the field, that wasn't really on him. That was just a girl trying to, you know, attack. You know, a guy who's coming up in you know, um, in, in in the entertainment world of football, who's just you know on the come up, and you know, it, you, you th- it's a lot of guys you can list. I mean, Doug, you always have your knucklehead list. It's a lot yeah. of guys you can just put in there, and you know, as an exception, like would you take him or did you not? And I follow this standpoint because I read an old Tony Dungy book. Just real quick, I mean, Tony Dungy always. I mean, I look at this guy. He's he's one of the, like top five guys, top four guys like on my Mount Rushmore personal who I look up to, and you know okay. he stated, you know, like I never drafted a guy on the exception. You know, if he was an exception, I wouldn't do it because I don't want to think. You know, if you draft one exception, then you're gonna draft another one, and then next thing you know, you'll have like twenty half your rosters are guys who you know who you no, had to contemplate with. Exactly. They, thank you, Dougie B. The Dallas dang on Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Exactly. You get a team of all exceptions and you don't win. Jerry Jones, take notes. 
Now, Doug, you know, you mentioned guy Jerry Bosa, uh, Josie Bosa out of Ohio State. He's now on that list. Um, but how do you feel? How would you, you know, take on drafting an, an exception? Well, and I think you've got to look at what is the exception. When you look at the player, what did he do? Right. Uh, Joey Bosa, I don't think it's really truly come out because um, you had Joey Bosa, Jalen Marshall, Dontre Wilson, and uh, Corey Smith. So those four players got suspended. Well, it came out that they got suspended for either a marijuana violation or academics. So we don't know who did what or if it's a combination of, of both for everybody. So, you know, you look at that, okay, well, what's the exception? Is it, you know, marijuana where you have three or four states now that's legal in? Um, it's still a violation, you know, of, of NCAA rules. But NFL rules, too. I'm, well, I never, well, right, but I'm talking about Joey Bosa as far as college right now. Okay. Breaking, you know, breaking the rules with marijuana. So, that exception, I'm probably willing to take more because, to me, that's a minute little, you know, exception. Then you take, you know, Devon Durant, a potential ASU player that got in trouble for the domestic violence, stuff like that. That I'm probably going to tend away from more of taking him because of the exception. So, you've got to look at what is what it is. What are they on the fence for? Is it a small little, you know, issue where... Uh, you know what, you could probably take half of the college football players, if not more, and test them at a certain time, and they're going to have some type of marijuana or drug in them. You know, I mean, that's just kind of the environment. It's just the bigger schools tend to get exploited a little bit more. You know, Ohio State, you got Florida, Florida State, all that stuff going on. So to me, it's it really depends on what they're on the fence for, what is that exception, what did they get in trouble for, what's really going to make my decision. Am I going to be black and white and say, uh, I don't care what the violation was. I'm not taking you no matter what. If you had any type of NCAA violation, no, because you're going to take away from a player that could potentially come in the NFL and be an outstanding player and an exceptional character as far as for your team, as well as not violating any policies. Because like I said, marijuana is one of those things where states are becoming more apt to make it illegal. Um, and I think maybe here in the next five, 10 years, you're going to see that marijuana violation policy type deal maybe be lifted you know at, at least the NFL level if not the college level too because how are you going to keep a ban on stuff that is legal you know you look at the alcohol violation okay well NFL you can drink all you want as long as it's not DUI or doing something stupid with it college obviously if you're under 21 which a lot of freshmen some sophomores are well you're still not able to drink but it's legal it's there so that's really what I look at. If I was a GM, I've got Joey Bosa coming up. A marijuana violation, you know what? I've seen his character overall on and off the field. I know what type of player he is. Yeah, I'll probably take that exception, you know, and draft him in that number one spot over somebody that's maybe a domestic violence or, you know, a BB gun, robbery, that type of violation. Well, you know, I, I just I just don't know. Um you talked about his character on the field. Yeah, he's he's a boss. You know, he's he he balls out every play. Um, the guy ha- plays in a different zone than a lot of college football players. But you think about the guy before him, before even Joey Bosa even came on a standpoint, he had a guy in front of him named uh, last name Bennett. You know, this guy's now at Eastern Kentucky because he had to transfer out of Ohio State because he got in trouble. This guy was right. a freshman starting. You know, became All American like. After one season, 
He was the guy in front of Joey Bosa. So we wouldn't even yep. hear about Joey Bosa right now if Bennett was still on Ohio State's roster. But and then you I look think at it. He would. No. No, no yeah, question. You would because I, you'd, you'd have Bosa on the other side. You'd have, well, well you'd true, have but I'm just saying you wouldn't talk about Bosa the way I think because of Bennett and Bosa playing so early that, you right. know, that got his experience, his confidence going early. Uh, yeah. They gave Urban Meyer time to really trust and build this guy into who he is now. But, you know, this okay. guy was predicted. You know, Bosa predicted, you know, number one overall pick. Now, you know, you got to kind of hinder on that. Like, would you will you really take this guy number one overall? I'm not sure because it's off the field antics. Like you said, we don't know but what. But we're talking about a marijuana violation. And what, we also talking about an academic violation. So marijuana and academics, one thing that comes to mind, hmm, was Joey Bosa selling, you know, was he selling marijuana to try to get some type of academic deal going? I don't know. You just don't know because, yeah, Urban Meyer is great at hiding things. He hid yeah. what the heck got, um, Hernandez was doing down in Florida because you know Coach <laughs> knew about that. You know he knew about that. Oh, yeah. So, you know, even now, you know, he he knows what the heck Joey Bolsonaro did. So he suspended him and the other fellas a couple more games. And you're well, not going to hear about it because Urban Meyer is like, hey, you know what, I'll take care of it. You, you know, just none of the story is going to go out with this suspension being, you know, happening. That's the best thing that happened to Joey Bosa because if they would have, if he would have played, more little stuff would have came out. I guarantee you. Uh, well, let me ask you this: If Bosa, if it comes out, Bosa, the violation was because he tested dirty for marijuana. That was it. Just smoked some marijuana. Would you then take him at, at the number one spot? No. Same. So how would you take Jameis Winston at the number one spot? No, Winston did so much more. What did he do? Off the, off the field. You have the crap leg against it. You have the one, I mean, there's a lot more involved with him. I'll take a guy. I take a guy. I take a guy who is getting free crab legs. Who a person working at the store, really, just giving Jameis Winston the crab legs. Then Joey Bosa hiding marijuana and doing academic stuff. I'll take. A guy receiving free about, uh, you know, I'm just talking about straight up smoking marijuana. That was it. That's all he did. He tested dirty for marijuana. No, I'm not going to take him because look at Randy Gregory. He he tested for marijuana positive. He came out and said, "Yeah, I've done this. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm it's behind me. I haven't done it in a long time, but yeah, it caught up in my drug test." And he fell to the second round to the Dallas Cowboys, to the exceptional team. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, if you want to take that risk, I mean, Shane Ray with the Denver Broncos, you know, they took – that's the first time, you know, they take an exception, but they have a new head coach and everything, you know, going their way, so who knows. But if you take guys, you know, that's on the fence, that's where your team is going to end up at. No matter what – everybody's in the NFL is talented. Talent is everywhere. It's right. just, you know, if you're finding that guy who can condone himself as a pro, as a professional – right off the back, you know, from day one, that you have to trust this guy, then, you know, by all means, I don't know if Joey Bosa's there right now. He still has, you know, uh, I wouldn't take him number one overall right now as he's projected, you know, before the incident. I just right. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, to me, it's it's marijuana. It's, you know, I'm just a, I don't want to say a firm believer, but okay. yeah. I it's mean, not that. It's not that big of a deal for for marijuana because because of how, where marijuana is now, knowing the history of marijuana. I mean, like I said, five ten years. I don't think marijuana might have a ban at least for NFL. You know, so if that's the case, how can I base not taking him because of that? Right. You know. So another type of incident, criminal incident, he's done. 
But marijuana, eh, you know what? I'm good with taking those chances on that. Hey, you're listening to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We're going to take a quick break. After the break, last segment coming up on this Thursday. Demi Lachey, Dougie B. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. This is Frank Sanders, former player with the Arizona Cardinals. You're listening to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show with Demery Lachey and Doug Brimmer, the number one sports talk show in Phoenix, Arizona. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We are broadcasting from the Phoenix studios at voiceamerica.com. Variety Channel, Going Global with Gas Man is the show that you are listening to. And joining me today is Sean Morley from the WWE, otherwise known as Val Venus, the big Val Boski. <laughs> Hello, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also got a third identification as well. He Absolutely. is Captain Cannabis. Live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific time on the voiceamerica.com Variety Channel. Going global with gas. Man. How the hell do they know that I got gas? You know it's hard out here for a pill. When he's trying to get his money for a real. Hey, welcome back into the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. Jimmy Lachey's here in studio. Dougie B. Right here on the lines. 888-346-9144 is the number to call in. Join us on the show. You know, at the break, we were discussing, you know, what's coming up this weekend, the coming off week coming up. Uh, and the biggest, you know, event that's going on here in Phoenix, Arizona, is Arizona Rattlers. Last game yeah. coming up, playoffs coming up as well for the Rattlers, who are on their quest for a three-peat, four-peat? Four-peat. Four-peat. That's, that's four something peat. you're not used to saying. Um, but no. the Rattlers, arena football organization, pro professional arena football organization, I should say, uh, are on their way to a four-peat, and we will have a special guest coming in Monday. Yes. and Well, also, like, hopefully uh, everything goes good with the game on uh, on Saturday that he's able to make it in right, on Monday. Right, right, uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you know, and if you haven't been to a Rattlers game, uh, get out there, go check it out, because it's so much different. I mean, you have guys that look at Kurt Warner, used to play, you know, for the Ottawa Barnstormers. So you have some NFL talent, you know, in that group. Um, and some of these guys, they're using that as a stepping stone to get to the NFL, um, kind of refresh our game a little bit. But it's so much of a smaller field. It's a lot more fast-paced. Uh, scores typically range in, like, the 50s and 60s. And it's just a fun environment. And the best thing about it is after the game, you go down on the field, you meet the cheerleaders, you meet some of the players, get the autographs, and that's at every single game. You know, so the, the players interact with the fans a lot more. So it's just a good time, especially if you have kids that are into football, Take them out to a Rattlers game. Have them meet the players afterwards. Your kids will love it. That's great memories. It's just a good two hours, you know, with their family. 
That's awesome. Not only Rattler games, but also across the the world, you know, globally. Go check out a football game. Go check out, you know, arena football, CFL for, you know, our Canada listeners out there. You know, just go check those guys out. These guys are not competing about money, you know, like the Seattle Seahawks. They're not complaining about that stuff, but, you know, they are competing at a high-level anticipated type of um, game that they're playing. It's a collision sport, especially in arena games with, you know, walls are up, um, you know, not – such you know 100 yard field that you're working with not as wide as NFL games but it, it's a great deal or it's a lot like a CFL game it's it's a great deal to watch so tune in to you know um not only the Rattlers but you know just arena football across the country uh you know with the playoffs you know coming up they will be having a lot of TV time and you know I wonder if those guys you know prepare differently you know for national televised playoff games than you know your traditional local television games you know it has to take a different tone on those guys, um, especially preparing, getting prepared. You don't want to see, you know, that whole di- be it being, you know, a distraction type standpoint. So, you know, I wonder oh, if they yeah. take like a different. That's what I want to talk about Monday. What, what's what's my guy's name that's coming in? I, I can't think. Of it his should name. be uh, if if everything works out right. It should be uh, he's a DB for the Rallers, Jeremy Collins. Yeah, Jeremy Collins. So once he comes in, you know, we get to talk about that. I can't wait. You know, and, you know, he has a huge game this weekend. Like you said, uh, last game of the season, preparing, you know, for that four-peat playoff run. I mean, if you're not yeah. tuned into, I know we talked about dynasties. I mean, this is one here, uh, the game of arena yeah. football. So, you know, tune in it when you can, when you have to, you know, on TV as well. It's great to see these guys out and competing and whatnot. Yep, yeah. and the, the actual championship for the AFL is going to be on uh, Saturday the 29th. So, I mean, there's there's – Basically, only have two rounds in the uh, championship, and which it's kind of nice because the playoff picture is already set for the AFL. So the number one seed is San Jose, and then the number two seed is Rattler. So they, if they win their games, they're going to be facing off in San Jose and Arizona. Is I mean, you want to talk about a rivalry top game? I mean, that's it right there. I mean, and that's going to be an exciting game. And then whoever wins that goes on to the championship game to face whoever in the American side. So. It's going to be a fun, fun little playoff picture, and uh, like I said, it's just, I mean, Rattlers already have it locked up, so I'm sure they're going to kind of go through the motions, maybe rest them with starters like you kind of see in the you know the NFL, um, especially to get ready for, because uh, they're looking to play in the Spokane Shock, mm-hmm. which should be an easy game. Right. Uh, man, so. so, you know, going over, uh, I know on Tuesday we talked about, you know, uh, Going over to the game of golf, you know, we were talking about Jordan Spieth and Roy McIlroy, McIlroy, uh, you know, competing and turning this into a huge rivalry for the game of golf. And I went on the back of saying, you know, I, I think I think it's a great deal for this rivalry to for the game of golf, you know, to be the headliner. I think it's a tremendous idea. I think the media finally won in this aspect of pushing this <laughs> rivalry because it gets fans who, you know, are not too you know big on golf, but they love to see, you know, uh, professionals compete at a high level. And Rory and, you know, Spieth, seeing those two guys, those two gentlemen, young, you know, they're going to compete for years to come. And I think it's a great deal to take advantage of it now where they're both winning, you know, these major tournaments. Uh, Rory coming off that injury. Uh, you know, do you do you feel like he's coming back too soon? You think it's, you know, the whole tension of Jordan Spieth arriving and dominating, you got Zach Johnson winning tournaments as well. It had an emotional standpoint. Do you think you know McElroy 
Matt, yes, McElroy. You think he's you know rushing it back by any standpoint? Uh, you know, it's really hard to tell because we're not out. We don't know what his PT went through um, and how he's feeling. But if he if he feels like he can go out there and compete, um, I mean that's the thing you got to look at because an injury like that, on average, if you've played sports, knows any type of sprain or anything of that is what six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go in, you get examined, this is what happened, you're going to be out six to eight weeks. I mean, that's just the magic number thrown out there. Um, some people take a little bit longer, some people can come back a little bit quicker, and he's young. Um, and I think that's going to play in the factor of his, his age. I think he can come back a little bit quicker. And you got to think in golf, it's mm-hmm. not, how, how do I put it? Your body is limited in the movement and the muscles it does. When you're when you're out playing golf, Absolutely. so a small injury, and I don't want to say I hate to say a small injury, but an injury of that magnitude with Rory transplanting into golf might not be that affected as in going and playing a game in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's movement. You know, you have your hips. You, you've got. I mean, your body's moving all together when you when you do play. But I don't know. I mean, that injury might not be that substantial and affect his game that much. So he might be able to come back before that six to eight week mark and still go out there and, and be able to compete. So, but I mean, I, I'm sure, you know, Rory's going to be the one to know, Hey, I'm feeling fine. He's out there. If he's able to get out there, he's able to swing and he can compete. Then obviously this point's kind of mute because he's going to answer that question. And I think that's really going to be the time when we can tell if he came back too soon or not, by the way, he goes out there and plays. So if he goes out there and shoots lights out and continues on like he has, mm-hmm. then obviously we know the injury wasn't that substantial and he was able to come back when he could. If he goes out there and just bombs, then we're going to be like, yeah, you came back a little bit too soon. Right. I just don't want to see, you know, this happen with worry where he's rushing it back, kind of like a Tiger Woods standpoint. You know, Tiger – he had those little minor injuries, and then it turned into something huge over time because he rushed. To me, he came back too soon. Once those injuries, once those surgeries had to happen, you know, he never really taken the time of golf and just, you know, taking that time to himself. He rushed back each and every time. And when you don't let those, you know, injuries heal right or you don't test them out in practice, which I know he, he tested them out and was like, you know, what? I feel great, I feel good, I'm going to go play. Uh, obviously, he's a pro. You know, he, he's going to take the right steps. But I think if he would taken a little bit more time, you know, his, his game wouldn't have dropped. You know, so much. And then with the incident was going on off the field and his relationship standpoint, his marriage that happened as well around the same time. So, you know, for for you know McElroy to, I, I just want him to you know take his time. I don't want to see this guy rush right. back. I don't want to see this rivalry just die right now. Or, you know, no, begin, it's not begin that, to But, die. I mean, it's, we also got to look, Tiger had actual surgery. I don't think Rory had any surgery. It was just a sprain, correct? Well, yeah, it was just a sprain. But I, okay. I, I think, no, he didn't have open-ended surgery, but definitely had to take, you know, precaution Symptoms, care. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, look at it just from a football standpoint injury. Even a sprain, you can kind of come back a little bit and still compete. So, you know, golf, you're not, you don't have the impact on that sprain, I don't think. It, it really depends on how big of a sprain it was because on your backswing, that's when your ankles kind of get into it a little bit and you really start feeling it. So, um, 
I think you can come back earlier on a sprain, you know, around that ankle area and golf than you can when you talk about football. Right. Just because of the the nature of the sport. But we'll see. Hopefully, uh, like I said, I don't want to see that the uh, the rivalry die either, man. It's been a good one to watch. I agree. Kwame Lesser, Sports Talk Show. We got to get out of here. Unfortunately, we are out of time, but we will be back tomorrow, Friday, being Fireball Friday, being back in studio. Demi Lachey, thank you, Dougie B, for calling in. And me and him will be back on here tomorrow. So catch us tomorrow. Uh, download the app, listen in to the show, listen in to the shows before. Uh, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show, Demi Lachey, Dougie B, and we're out. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.